Hey guys, welcome to Cold Film Interview, the podcast where we discuss the films you love, but no one else gets, and we see if they still hold up. Tonight, we're getting all 90s and artsy, because we're talking about my own private Idaho. So let's start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. Clopex. 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 Up yours, baby. Me and Bubba, my little brother, listen to you every night. Where in the hell are we? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Thanks for joining the cult. We really appreciate it. I'm your host, Cody Everett. Uh, do me a favor. Head over to our iTunes and leave us a review. We'll give you a shout-out at the end of the show. A little heartbroken tonight. Uh, what? Yeah, don't have one to do. We had such a good streak going. But that's all right. I know that someone's going to write one uh, right now. I know they're running to their computer. They're going to write one. So uh, And maybe it'll be there by the end of the show. Hopefully. And it won't be because this is recorded weeks before. <laughs> <laughs> also, do do me a favor. Go check out our YouTube page and uh, like and subscribe there. Also, guys, we're doing it again. It's happening for the thrice time. Thrice time. Yep, we are taking over Film Bar. Uh, Not really. They uh, just yeah. they kind of yeah. let us hang out there. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, what, a little what, bit. What are we showing? We're showing Phantom of the Paradise. Oh, By yes. who? Cold Film Review. By Cold Film Review. <laughs> who directed it? Who did direct it? Brian De Palma. I can tell you, it's Brian De Palma. Yeah, you know what other films yeah, he's done? Guess what? Carrie, Raising <laughs> Kane, oh Body Double. We should Scarface. bring that with <laughs> The Fury. <laughs> it stars Paul Williams. It's coming Swan. to film bar. It stars William Finley as Winslow. <laughs> yeah, you can see it with us on March third. This is a really cool, uh, like rock opera. Uh, I'm really excited to see this in a theater. Me too. Uh, really fun songs. Yeah. Really, uh, like, yes. It's such a, I mean, such a solid film. I'm going to encourage people to sing along. If they know, yeah, I don't know yeah, all the they words. Know the songs. I'll yeah, belt they it know out. The songs. I can tell you that after we watch this, Kyle listened to the soundtrack upstairs in his room like three times. <laughs> oh my god! Like, so did I. Yeah. So did I. I'm going crazy with and it. Then, and, and then, then like, and then, after we watched it several months later. My brother Ryan got it for me on vinyl, and then I listened to it again. Yeah, that's several what I remember. Times. I remember hearing it like throughout the Jeez, house, and I was yeah. like, I don't hate because I was trying to learn it. I was trying I to learn it on bass. Yeah, it's the cool. film that's still stuck in time on the whiteboard. Yeah, it's that actually hangs the last room. It's actually there, there's a lot of fun history behind this film because it's the film that encouraged us to go digital with our whiteboards. It's the un. It's an unreleased yeah. episode. Actually, it is an, it's a lost episode now. Yeah, it's a lost episode that we will never release out of the vault. No, because no, it's really lost. It's no, really gone. It's actually lost. It's it actually got, gone. It's fucking gone it's it's, it's it, it currently but resides, we're bringing it to you live it currently resides on a dead that's hard drive. no that's the cool thing is like this is a movie that i think you know we are all excited to see it for me at least is in the theater like i'm super yeah i'm fucking with pumped. an audience this is the yeah. perfect so yeah. come on out join us what day is it march 3rd where is it at phoenix film bar where can they buy tickets the Chris? phoenix film bar no film, the film bar, bar phx.com phx. <laughs> You got it, right? <laughs> Again, guys? The, the Film Bar PHX.com. <laughs> you go there, you get your tickets, you come see the movie with us, and then you hang out afterwards. We're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about it. A little bit about it, right? We're going to do little, some little, little... Maybe I won't kill the room this time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> to really suck the yeah. life out of... Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's and if you don't know what you're talking about, you have to come to our yeah. live screen. Weird shit happens. Yeah. It's terrible. Cody, mostly, but yeah. <laughs> cool. As always, I am joined by Kyle Smith. Hey, how's it going? Chris Wilbrecht. Hey, what's up? And Michael Salustio. Hey, everybody. Tonight, we're talking about my own private Idaho. It was directed. <laughs> I didn't think like that. I like it. I, I don't know. I didn't think there was anything wrong. No. I just like, I like the- It sounded like one yeah. word melded together. Don't want to give anything away, but we got to have something exciting for this movie. It was directed by Gus Van Zant. Came out in 1991. Had a budget of $2.5 million, Made $6.4 million in the box office. Was filmed in Dan. Had a rating of Dan. And currently sits at an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. Did you say the, the director's last name was Van Zant? Yeah, Van Zant. Gus Van Zant. Yeah. yeah. Gus yeah. Van Zant. Van Zant. Zant. Sant. Sant. Yeah. Van Sant. Yeah, you were saying Zant. Uh, that's that's why you threw me off. Oh, you, you, I think. It's not that big of a difference. He's cool with whatever way you say it. I've talked okay. to him. Oh, yeah, it's great. Oh, I didn't ask that. I should have asked if you If, if you, you don't know what this movie is about, then it's definitely time for Plots with Mike. All right. My own private Idaho. This is about 
a slew, uh, they say group of young male prostitutes, uh, two of which are Mikey and Scott. Mikey is the one who's kind of like the uh, narrator throughout the film. Kind of starts with him like out on the road. Uh, it's just one of those like uh, non-linear shots. We were like, "Well, where does this come from?" And then all of a sudden, it tells his story, which is, you know, he's a he's a, a a prostitute. He has sex with men, women, whatever for money. Um, he is friends with a bunch of other male prostitutes. One of which is Scotty, played by Keanu Reeves. Scotty, on the other hand, uh. Unlike Mikey, he comes from a very affluent family. Uh, his father's very rich. He's going to inherit a lot of money very soon. Uh, Mikey's a little less uh, knowledgeable about his family. In fact, he has absolutely no idea where his mother is. But he decides one day, hey, let me go out, find my mother. Uh, Scott, being the good friend that he is, says, I'll join you. They go back and forth across the world looking for the mother, picking up clues as they go along. Meanwhile, there's a totally other story about Scott and how it relates to uh, how he's going to pick up all of this money that he's soon going to be inheriting very soon. And uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's kind of like a dual, du- dual movie between both these characters. Cool. Yeah, and Mike just happens to have narcolepsy. Mark, Yes, Mike has that's, narcolepsy. Yeah, he just falls like, right to sleep. Very important plot point. <laughs> breeze right over that. I mean, <laughs> no, it really it falls asleep. It, yeah, it I really mean, doesn't like... It's not like eh, the movie could fall exist. Fall take naps. It's almost kind of like... it's Yeah, but it just it's it's honestly used as a plot device just to move him places. No, it's not. It's it's a trigger condition for like his, his yeah, I, need no, for yes. his mother. I, that I understand that. that. I, I understand yeah. that, but it also, also feels like just a plot device to move him places in the movie to me. This was Chris's pick. It's a MacGuffin. Sure was. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, why did you pick my own private Idaho? Well, guess what? I'd never seen this movie before. And uh, I remember just like when I was like starting to dig into like independent films and like art films and stuff when I was first starting to get into that. This one always like showed up. Like it was always in, kept in high regard for some reason. Gus Van Zant had his day when he was, you know, a big time indie film director. Um, and I was just like, well, I don't even know what this movie's about, honestly. I've never looked anything up on it. Like, I just know Keanu Reeves and River Phoenix are in it, and there's some traveling involved. So I was like, let's see it now. Dude, let's just go into it together, because uh, I, I didn't know what I was getting into. Okay. Uh, Kyle, had you seen this movie before? No, I hadn't seen this movie before. First time for me. Uh, the only thing I really uh, knew about this movie was I uh, instantly recognized the cover art. Um from the video store. Yeah. I always wondered what it was about, but we're using key art now. <laughs> Down with the key art. I I'm not you know what? I, I'm going anti key art. I think I'm that's gonna establish okay. my movie movie poster. If you guys wanna come, uh, if you guys wanna come over to the to the the, the, the side of the light which, yeah. is the, which is the movie poster side, you just let me know. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a new T shirt right there. Yeah. That's uh side of the light. No. Against the key art. Against the key art. Yeah, it's a new t-shirt. Against the key art. Fuck key art. <laughs> that's, our key hash, art. that's our trending hashtag. Or it's already it. trending. It's already trending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try it out. Yeah. Try it out. Anyways, uh, this is my first time seeing this movie as well. Um, I know. I just remember hearing of the title. I honestly didn't know, didn't know what this movie was, but I forgot about this movie even existed as far like, you know what I mean? Like, w- until he, he brought up that, you know, this was going to be his pick, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that was a movie. <laughs> like you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like I've heard of the title, but I've you know I've never heard anything about. It. No one was ever like, dude, my own private Idaho. Yeah, you gotta fucking check it out. Never once in any circle that I was in. So, uh, yeah, I went into this blind, not knowing what it was about. Uh, Mike, have you seen this before? No, in fact, this is like one of those movies I actively tried to avoid um, until Chris picked it. Why? I'll tell you why. And this is the weird thing. Because I always knew this was like one of those like Shakespeare movies. Like yeah. the 90s. So like I feel like after maybe Romeo and Juliet hit, there came all of these movies that were based on Shakespeare movies. Because every like it, it, felt, it felt like English teachers everywhere were just like, finally, we found a way to reach the kids <laughs> I see and that. show them a Shakespeare. So there was like 10 Things I Hate About You. Mm-hmm. And then there was like, oh. And like there the all these 10 movies. 10 Things I Hate About You was a... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Taming the Shrew. That's my yeah. favorite one. Oh. I think I think it's Taming the Shrew. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. That's but my favorite these, one besides Get Over It. There are all <laughs> these movies that that came out, and they were, you know, like some of them or whatever. I like Ten Things I Hate About You. I thought that was kind of a good movie. But this was one of those things where I was like, oh, here we go, another like, hey, let's reach the kids with fucking Shakespeare and stuff. And I really kind of actively avoided this movie because I just took it as just one of those weird ninety early nineties films that follow that trend that I wasn't super yeah. thrilled about. Yeah. Um. Now that I've seen it, uh, we'll get into it. Like I have different <laughs> thoughts about that now, but uh, yeah, right. right. That's why I actively avoided it. 
I had seen some other Gus Van Sant movies that I liked. I, I can you name a couple? Because I'm not yeah. familiar with his yeah. work. Did, uh, Elephant. Elephant is one. Last Days, I actually uh, really ele- enjoyed. Oh, is Elephant the really depressing one? Yeah, Elephant's the, the one about Columbine. Yeah, it's the Columbine. Inspired. That's a really, that's a really fantastic film, but very I mean, depressing. You've, La- you've seen Good Will Hunting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Drugstore Cowboy is another yeah. one that he did. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he he had his day, but like I I feel like <laughs> it's over now. <laughs> you know, Real he's, over he really now. Had his time. Uh, <laughs> he peaked. He peaked. Oh, he just peaks. come out with a film. I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, it's no the, matter. It's the orc. No matter. It's the orc, it's the orc movie on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wait a second. Did he did he not do Goodwill Hunting? I thought he did. Finding <laughs> Forrester. Anybody remember that one? Yeah. yeah he did yeah. the Psycho remake. He did Goodwill Hunting. What am I talking about? Oh, the Psycho, yeah. the Pointless Psycho remake. I like that movie. Actually, oh my I God. do like it. <laughs> it's so he did To Die For. That was a great film. Yeah, I like that movie I don't think too. I've ever seen that that movie. was the one with uh, uh, Nicole Kidman, and she's like a teacher, and then yeah. she manipulates all these kids, and yeah. these kids. It's, it's good like one. all about like it's a good sex yeah. thriller, and it's <laughs> all about like the media and how no. it like sensationalizes. I haven't seen it. That was a good movie. See? That's, well, yeah. you just, you know, so this is your introduction to Gus Van Sant. Uh, I feel like it. Did a lot of Red Hot Chili Pepper <laughs> videos. He did. He sure did. Wait, which one? Not the one out in the fucking desert, is it? Give it away. Yeah. Did you give it away? Did you give Under it away? the bridge. Okay. That was very popular. Tracy Chapman, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Elton John, the last one. This song. guy's all over the map. Chris He's Isaac, over. San Francisco Day. Damn. Stone Temple Pilots, Creep. Alternate Ooh. version. <laughs> so what we what we can say what we can say is Gus Van Zandt it has uh you know quite he's 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 a director he's got well, a vision yeah. I can say that I, I can say that at least from some of the movies that of his that I have seen not all of his movies at least are or are, are like this one as far as like stylistic and uh, still good um no I I mean he does a lot of different styles yeah I mean if you watch Elephant that movie is he, I feel like he's he's versatile that, 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 I don't feel like that movie f- feels like this film. No, no that, that movie is, is so hyper realistic. I would, I, would, like, I would recommend actually your next film from him, maybe to be Elephant, because it's done really well. It's shot beautifully and it's yeah. really emotional. No, what I'm saying is, from what I'm hearing here, film. what I'm hearing here is that he is he is a versatile director. It's not like this. He's not like I only yeah, do like, art. Like, I only do art films. Right. Well, right, I, right. I, I will give him this. I feel like he he really no. I do think he always does art films. I would say. Well, I mean, a lot subjective. of it. Yeah. A lot of his films, like he doesn't do big blockbusters. I mean, Goodwill Hunting is yeah, but if that it's not a blockbuster, just doesn't mean yeah. it's like, art. No, but but I feel like all of his movies, maybe with an exception of Goodwill Hunting, a lot of his movies. Oh, that's true, but Milk is like a like a. I mean, he's telling the story. It's like an auto, like a, yeah, a, it's a, a biopic. Yeah, I mean, I guess Hollywood, I, it's a classic. Very, Hollywood that's biopic. a very Clint Eastwood thing to do. It's a very classic Hollywood biopic. I right just there. I feel like a lot of his movies do focus on like a like a major theme. Yeah, and they really focus in on that. I don't yeah, know. It, I mean, like, I mean, like Chris said, he's a director. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's, he's a, really getting down to the brass tacks on that. He's an auteur. Certainly a director. <laughs> this is one thing we could say. <laughs> He's clearly a director. C- certainly does direct films. <laughs> He's done a few. All right, well, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk more about my own private Idaho. Hi. What's happening? Nothing. You want to leave? A lift? Yes. Isn't this that, uh, that lady's car? What's her name? Alina. Yeah. Is she a friend of yours? No, I really not She's a very good friend of mine. Good. Any friend of Elena's, a good friend of mine. You want to be my friend? Yeah. My name is Hans. I'm from Germany. And we're back. We're talking about my own Palau. You're going to say it like that all night long. (laughs) Yep. Just because I know how like aggravated Chris is getting by it, so it's like I don't want to aggravate it. This is my first time seeing this movie. You don't know where the fuck I'm going. No, I meant like the way I'm saying my own private Idaho. Oh. <laughs> so it's uh, how yeah. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> Glad Adam Sandler made it a fucking appearance. <laughs> <laughs> let's bring back that comedy. Uh-huh. All right, what so about it? Let's. Uh, I got the questions here, and this is kind of a a, a personal question, and maybe for everybody here. Uh, what did you find? And we'll start uh, with let's. I want to start with Chris since this is his pick. What did you find relatable about this film? 
Uh, I didn't find anything relatable about this film, which is why I, I kind of enjoyed it because the characters go on a journey that I would never do. <laughs> I would never be in this position in my life that either of these two are in, either inheriting a ton of money and being from a rich family or like being, you know, like a street kid. I, I don't know what that life is like. So for me to like go on the journey was fascinating. And you, okay, that's it. Okay, all right. I mean, that's a good right. Yeah, I think yeah. blow, blow, yeah. blow everyone away with that answer. What? So. What about you, Kyle? I don't know. I'm just piggybacking what he said. <laughs> okay. All that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. It's a kind of like a weird question, I feel like, because I don't know. Yeah. Why are you asking? Uh, uh, Mike, would you have any? Hold oh, on before I answer that I mean, question. The only one I can probably relate to. Which I think is everybody's, like, I mean, anybody could possibly relate to. It's like that part of time when you have to grow up, you know? Yeah. It's like, all right, I got to put the drugs away and I got to act, stop doing the wild things, especially if, like, people are relying on you to do things. And I mean, I, but that's more Keanu Reeves' story. And that's when does that happen? The very end of the movie. Very no, end. no, I mean, in real life. In real life? Yeah. I'm making oh. a joke. That's funny. Brooch. No, I mean, like, yeah, I, the, whole, the whole Henry IV part. Of yeah, it, yeah, which yeah. Is that that side yeah. of the story of of him kind of having to be like, all right, now you're responsible for like money yeah. and, and the thing, mm. and you're responsible for people, so you gotta like get your shit together. And, yeah, and yeah. maybe even meeting his girlfriend, he does that later on too, and yeah. you kind of like say, all right, well, I gotta fucking grow up and stop being a. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that that's the only thing I can think of to relate yeah, to. Yeah, because I would be honest with you guys, I didn't relate yeah. to anything in this movie at all, which I think hindered my 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 watching experience. Okay, so like, that's why you're asking. Yeah, I was curious where you're going with that because I I it hindered my watching experience and my enjoyment for this film. I I found there nothing to be relatable or even likable about these characters. Hey, wait, hold I don't on. know about hold that. On. Hold on about that. Hold on. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna say hold on as well. Like okay. like look look you. I think I, I've said a few times on the show in different movies where I was like, I couldn't relate to this character. I couldn't give a yeah. shit. But, I mean, when I say I can't, I feel like more often than not, if I don't give a shit, it's more of a, it's more a thing of it's not compelling writing. I'm not engaged. Like, I don't, I don't really, I don't, I, what, did, what, 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 what were you saying? What was you the don't question? Ag- you don't agree with. No, not that. Oh. Relate. Thank you. Yeah. I don't relate necessarily to the characters, but to Chris's point, it's a compelling story and it's interesting and it's again something that I would have no ever experience on and that's what keeps me kind of engaged like that's this is something I've, I've never life, seen before. Yeah, it's a lifestyle that I don't live. I and mean, <laughs> and not only that like the whole I if 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 being relatable is something that I as a criteria for me liking a thing. Well, I've never gone on a boat with two other guys and hunted a great white shark that's murdering all of Long Island, but that doesn't mean I don't like jaws. Like, Let's be honest, it wasn't all of Long Island. <laughs> But then I guess <laughs> sorry. I guess this kind of goes I guess this kind of goes into it too then is like cuz as far as the writing being brought up cuz I do have it on here is taking so many like scripts and mashing them together does that allow for relatability with your characters because I didn't find like I I honestly didn't find with the the story being so d- discombobulated as far as like I'm combining these stories together but trying to give this overarching of Henry the 4th I don't story think it, I don't think it was discombined. I didn't, I didn't think it was. Yeah, I, didn't, I found it there's like, only two stories. There it's feels, a little but there never but... feels like there's a there's a there's a there's a climax. It always feels like it's just this one steady level throughout the whole film, and you, it never really. I would say it never really peaks. There's I never would, really a peak moment. I, I would I, I would may, I I maybe slightly agree with you for the first like quarter of the film. So like the first bit where it's really focusing just on Mike and his kind of journey and stuff. I felt like. Those scenes kind of felt more like vignettes or like snapshots, but in a similar way where that he suffers from narcolepsy, so almost he's living by snapshots of memory. He doesn't really know what's happening to him. But it definitely when Keanu Reeves' character comes in the mix, and especially when Bob's character comes in the mix, the story definitely kind of takes more of a little a little bit more of like a, the Shakespearean a, turn, a linear kind of route, and it kind of feels like, okay, I, I, I can follow this a little bit better better than before i don't just dis- yeah i don't disagree with that but like, i wouldn't say it was the whole like i said i don't say that the first quarter of the film maybe is like just really kind of like what am i watching what is this what am i taking in i don't whatever i mean and- i think the uh, see here's the thing i actually think although there is, there are two characters and there's two separate kind of storylines a little bit going on it really molds into one storyline and one real plot of the film which is the relationship between mike and scott yes and how that falls apart yeah, like, but that 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 molds together well, as the film goes on. It's definitely not something. What I, all I was saying was from the start of it, 
And Cody, what you said... What, it wasn't immediately engaging. What you said is you never feel like it reached a peak. And and I'll say I disagree with that because I think in each person's story, they both reached peaks. Like like in Keanu Reeves' story, his peak was becoming rich and he had to make this change, that like change his character, change his whole life, denounce the people that are a part of his old life. You know what I mean? And then like... The change, or the big, the big climax for Mike was it Mike? Yeah, it was not finding his mother. See, I actually think there's a singular like climax to it. I think it's, I think the the rising action, as you might call it, is when Mike professes his love to Scott, and the climax is when he falls in love with a girl, and he realizes like. Yeah, I'm, actually, I'm in on this on myself, I would and now I gotta fucking that. do this. I would say Keanu Reeves' peak came before we see him as a rich man, because well, yeah, he the, already, the transition, his, his, of peak, his peak happens, he basically becomes that rich man earlier in the film, that's why he ends up deciding to go off with this woman and leave this life behind, and that's like really, yeah, it's that, it's like when they both get to Italy, and it's like Mike's, yeah, Mike... Mike basically has like the final disappointment of his mom not being there, and then Keanu Reeves falls in love with this woman. Right, and at the right. same time, it's both their stories basically like are like a deflated balloon. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like, they they both completely diverge at that point. They go, and yeah, that's it. Right. No, I agree. That's where the break happens. You know what I mean? I guess it's just not, I don't know. Maybe for me, it's from an entertainment value. Like, it wasn't it wasn't there for me. Uh, and maybe that's where I'm coming from on that. Like for me personally, like I, I just going to say, I did not find this movie entertaining. Um, like, and that's just me. Like, and it could be the script writing a little bit. And it, well, because number one, I'm not the biggest Shakespeare fan. This is a drama. This is straight, like yeah. you know, drama. <laughs> film. I don't know if I would describe this film as entertaining to me either. I just think it's interesting. Well, yeah. I don't even know if I would go that far because I don't feel like it goes in a weird way. Like, I almost wanted like watching it. I almost wanted it to go more of like a even more like a Jodorowsky route or or like even um yeah. But those movies, I wouldn't even call. I wouldn't even call Jodorowsky no, film like, entertaining. I would call it intriguing. It gets me yeah, thinking. Even that. Yeah, I would even engaging. Gone, how's that? I would engaging. even. Well, I even would have gone with engaging, but I didn't feel like anything engaging for me about this film. Like this is this is me personally, but I like. I just, like I said, I couldn't relate to any of the characters. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I could singularly care about a character or what happened to him. Like, the narcolepsy thing, to me, just seems like it's a weird plot device, to me, that plays to, to like, move them to different sections and move the story along to, like, jump ahead a couple of hours to where you don't have to explain, like, well, how to get here, how to get there. Like, it just, we're here now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, and it's, that, and it's a great way to actually, and it's probably used to keep the budget low, like, honestly, because it does make sense to where you don't have to, you know, have those things. Because, I mean, what, he made it for $2.6 million. This is, like, really low budget. I mean. I mean, I don't think you need the net. I don't. I don't know about the budget thing. Yeah, I don't know if it's you could a, do a jump a cut. It's not like yeah. I don't know if it's a budget. I think. I think the, I, sweet I, montage. I think Chris. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's like a major part of the story, but I think it's just one of those weird character, uh, uh, uh like things that that Mikey has that. And to Chris's what Chris said earlier too. I think it it snaps off when he starts thinking about his mom, or he starts. Oh yeah, it's yeah. all related to his stress. Like it, it, it hasn't. Like it has. It has a purpose. It's the result of. Yeah. It's the result of the anxiety and stress that, that he has pent up in him about his missing mother that the you know somebody important that was missing from his life and it causes him to go into these seizure like convulsions and and fall asleep (laughs) and i i just think that's just a kind of a cool like like to me this film is a mashup of a couple different ideas you know like he was trying a couple different things all in one film and throwing some weird mannerism or characteristic like this was like Let's just add one more, you know, stress to the situation in a sense. Like it also show it also demonstrates the relationship him and his friend have because his friend is constantly carrying him well, around, literally, like carrying him from place to place, protecting him. You know what I mean? There, so it shows this bond between their friendship and helps that grow. Right. I think so. Well, yeah, no, and I don't disagree with that because I never felt like anytime he had the narcolepsy like fits because he was in any danger because Keanu Reeves' character was pretty much always there, and then when he wasn't, he just woke up on a plane. Like it's safe, never, yeah. yeah. It's never used as like a real hindrance to him. It, it's more of like just a, it just shut down in the scene, like in a way. You know what I mean? Like, well, it can't go any farther because he fell asleep. 
I think it gets that way. I don't know. It's it's that way in some parts, but in other parts, it's like he he's out, and then Keanu Reeves it shows him like caring for him and stuff. No, yeah, he always wakes up. He's like, "What happened?" You know, and he's like, "Well, you fell asleep, and then we got in this car, and here we are." And you did, and you miss that whole period of time, which I think as an audience member, it makes me try to paint what happened between between those segments. I'm like, what? Yeah, what was yeah, the what, adventure? It was like, what exactly happened with Hans? You know, like, that's weird. Yeah. Like, that whole thing, so. I like, I, I also th- thought it was interesting how the character of Keanu Reeves is actually even introduced in this film because on the, at least for me, like, like when Mike walks in the room and sees him and the other guy sitting there, it just looked like two other random people that have never, he's like never met and then all of a sudden when, when Mike does pass out and you show Keanu Reeves I was first I was like questioning like wait why is this guy helping him it doesn't seem like they even knew each other before <laughs> you know what I mean so I thought it was an yeah. interesting way to introduce right. that character those two characters they knew each other they have a little conversation on the couch about basically all, all he says is don't don't worry about it man she just likes having multiple guys here yeah, because that's they, pretty much yeah. it. Well, it's but that's, like but that's something of, anybody could say. Like, any stranger could I, say. No, no, they get. They, they, yes, they get. They they give the impression that they're all like basically male prostitutes and that they know each other. Like, yeah, no, I, I, mean, I didn't the, get that. But well, because yeah. the other guy gives some some slight comment about just. Well, they both know Bob, or don't they? Like, yes. don't they both know Bob? So I yeah, I, I took it in a weird way that like they, I guess maybe like they ran in the same circle, so they kind of knew each other. But like they weren't as involved as they were towards the end of the film, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I think when he comes into the room and he sees Keanu Reeves sitting there and he sees the other guy sitting there, he's like, I think his first reaction is like, "Oh, all three of us." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I think he knows they're prostitutes. I think he knows exactly yeah. who they are, and he's like, "Oh, is this?" And yeah. that's why they get, you know, she always does this. It's like, it's not like he had to say, "Oh, we're prostitutes too." No, right, I, that, right. that, and yeah. that's not at all what I said. So. No, no. <laughs> oh. That's not all I said. All I was saying when is did I disagree the way with the you? way. All I thought was that it. I didn't see it. The way that the character Keanu Reeves is introduced, I don't feel like the audience was immediately fed the information that him and Mike are very, very close best friends at all. No, they see, oh no, I would agree with that. Thank you. That's what I was saying. Yeah, they I would agree that. with. Right, but I, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I'm I'm actually saying that I don't even know if they actually work. Super best friends at that yeah, time. Yeah, you were explaining it the same thing, but yeah. in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you don't movie. think they were agreeing, best friends agreeing. at the time? I, no, I, no. I think they might have just been dudes that like casually were like, hey, what's up? What's up, Scott? What's up, Mikey? Mm-hmm. Like maybe they hung out a few times and got drunk together. Yep. Like mm-hmm. they run around in the same circles, but it wasn't until like this adventure, this thing that yeah. they got real close with each other. I don't know, but there is dialogue. There's the dialogue di- that implies that they've the, been together the, for a, a little very bit. long time. Yeah, sure. They talk about Bob and that they, they, they both have interesting well, information then, about Bob's relationship with with Keanu's character. And I feel and, like even like when he's talking about Mikey, Mike is talking about being in, is it Mikey? Mike? What is yeah, it? Yeah, Mikey. Mikey. Yeah, uh, no, same thing. Being in being in love with Keanu Reeves, I even feel like that has like a, a like a like a hint of like this has been something that's been going on for like a long time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, and Keanu Reeves is definitely aware of it in mm-hmm. that in that scene. Like he knows. Well, yeah, he knows. Yeah, he definitely knows. The dirty, the dirty, heartbreaking bastard. <laughs> is it, like uh, the other thing too is like that's funny with this movie is the opening scene. I did not recognize River Phoenix. Really? Yeah, I, mean, I was like, I think he. Looks... I don't know. They, they, I don't know. They trashed him up pretty well. <laughs> I didn't recognize him, but I don't really know. I like was looking through River Phoenix's like filmography, and like honestly, I'm like. Stand by me. me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I know the most. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, wow, Chris Chambers really grew up. <laughs> Chris Chambers. Dude, they got it, Mike. I don't know. Like, <laughs> why do you guys think this movie is held in such high regard? Is it a good movie? It is held in. in it is. <laughs> oh, okay, I didn't know. I don't know anything about this movie. Yeah. Didn't what, do any research. I mean, what, okay, so what, why are we saying it's held in high regard? Is it because it has like, like a, it was critically acclaimed? Yes. This is yeah. This is a, this was critically acclaimed movie right here. I mean, what? Why do I think? I mean, I I think that it, it it's there's not a lot of movies out there like it. Like he he makes he takes a lot of risks. It's well acted. Um, as far as like what a lot of risks with the content matter, not necessarily, but I mean certainly yeah. I mean obviously talking about. Uh, uh, male prostitutes who will swing both ways, but aren't necessarily that are also young. Yeah, by the very way. young. Like, We're talking about, uh, I think, a segment of the population that really does exist, which is people that will have sex. They're male prostitutes. You know, they're probably on a lot of drugs. You know, and stuff like that. And 
yeah, they'll they'll have sex for with a guy for money. Uh, but it seemed like a lot of runaways too. Yeah, it did, I, and especially one that actually had a like was rich. Like there, there's obviously an underlying thing going on there. Mm-hmm. Like, why is a guy who has all this money? He he's not destitute. It's not like he needed money. Like perhaps River Phoenix's character who had like barely had a home. Yeah, you know. So I mean, there's an interesting story there. It, yeah, it talks about a you know a, ty- a, a, a a a a culture that I suppose exists that you don't really see a lot of. And on top of that, like. It's it's mashing Shakespeare with Shakespearean dialogue with you know prose and and trying to combine them together. That's a very I think um, it's a risky thing to do. It, it could totally backfire really badly. You have to really fucking know Shakespeare to, to pull it off. I mean, yeah, I mean like, that's a tough thing to do. Go into iambic pentameter and then immediately start talking about like just going into like short phrases in prose like. And it actually, to me, I, I knew when it was happening because it threw me off. I was like, why are they suddenly starting to kind of speak in this different manner? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Different I cadence. Like, yeah, very, and it felt very Shakespearean to listen to. And I was like, why are they doing this? Because I didn't know that this was also a, com- a combination of what Henry IV, you said? And yeah. Yeah, and so I didn't know that like until I did later research. And I was like... It threw me off, but then I was like, you know what? That this feels kind of cool for this for this I these it. scenes. Like it actually really works. I liked it. I yeah. liked it when, it, it, especially during uh, Bo- during during the scene where Bob's telling the story about um, how they were robbed by yeah other robbers, fifteen and, robbers, and, and, and the way he's fucking doing it. And then when Keanu Reeves comes in, that's when I was like really like hooked on the way that he was like. Kind of delivering these lines, I was like, I, I kind of like the style. It was a battle for power, you could and intelligence, you could see because Keanu yeah. Reeves knew he had Bob outsmarted. Yeah, and Bob didn't know, so he was playing Bob, which mm-hmm. is like what made it tense, you know. Well, I mean, yeah. So, but it also takes you out of the reality of the story of what these these. What's the reality of the story though? It's so weird. Of like, I accept of like, anything. No, no, of like what these <laughs> of what these kids are, like are as being like you know young male again young male prostitutes. Where it's like okay now you're putting this so you're you're trying this dramatic story about this and what these kids go through in this life or whatever in somewhat of a way because I only think you see them doing drugs one time. I was gonna say I don't remember either this of them the doing drugs. This is the coke uh. that they steal from. Uh, no, the- I was just talking about there's there's a culture that it, I mean there are a number of reasons why somebody might prostitute themselves despite not that being their sexual preference. And yeah. if it's it could be because of drugs, it could be because of destitution, it could be because. Um, it's doing anything, anything. you can to do to get drugs. by on the streets. <laughs> yeah, really yeah. I wasn't necessarily right. saying that's they that, were doing drugs. That's what the other half of this movie is really about. It's just showcasing but that, the, that lo- li- it, living it, in a constant level of desperation. Like for me, the sha- for me, this like the Shakespearean dialogue and stuff like that took me out of any 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 semblance of somewhat of realism that I that was that I was going to have with this film. Right, like and even like Keanu Reeves' character is kind of like a symbol of that in, in, in the fact that like Keanu Reeves' character really is never in danger at any point right because he he's, he knows he's well to do off he can he, get out he, of it he knows he can get out of it at any second yeah. and he's really kind of like fucking playing with Mike's character as far, or Mikey or whatever his name is it's characters Mike. Mike. Keep, like, I don't know yeah, why is that confusing yeah. I don't want it's people his getting, name it's, it's his Mike. name Mike is sitting next to you that's who it is uh, yeah. it's like Michael, Mikey, Mike it doesn't really <laughs> yeah. matter it's it doesn't matter same pick name. one <laughs> um, like he's kind of just fucking with him the whole time, basically. There's really, there's really emotionally, no, yeah. Yes. Maybe he's fucking with him and Bob and all of them. He is because there's no, there is no. But you can tell, you can tell, you can tell in the character though that danger that 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 Keanu Reeves was never going to stick around. You could tell anytime they brought it up, anytime yeah. they start talking about it, they start oh, talking about like when you get your money, this is going to happen, and we do this, and like Keanu Reeves just kind of has like uh, like. A quiet non-response to it. He doesn't actually like engage in it. He just lets people talk about it. Um, so I never once in I never once thought he was ever going to stick around. No, that. Wait, what do you mean he was fucking around with them? Like, there's like his, he says they're emotionally fucking with them because he wasn't actually in it. And Keanu, he could leave yeah, at any time. Keanu Reeves' character, in my opinion, knew that he he's like he's like this is a life that I chose and I can get out of this at any time. There's that I am not destitute like these other ones who had, don't have a way out. There's real no danger for him to do any of this shit. It's right. really just like... But he, he's, he's fuck in it. it. I'm but doing he's in, it. He's not fucking with them. Like, and, and this, I, is, this is the underlying theme of even Henry IV. Like, in it, Henry is... Obviously, he's, he's going to be a king, but he hangs out with people in a pub mm-hmm. who are commoners. Yes. But it's because he truly loves hanging out with these people. 
but he knows at some point in time to be king, you can't hang out with commoners and keep them at your level like that. And that's like what that whole play is about. This is a very similar situation. He's hang. He loves Bob. That's the, that's he tells him multiple times. Even at the fucking end of the film, he says, "I love you more than I love my father." But the fact of the matter is, we come like we come from different worlds, and these are not compatible worlds. Right, right. and he, right. I believe that he knew that the whole time. Of I think course. he knew it. Yeah, absolutely. But that doesn't mean that he's like fucking but, with them. Yeah, because I also feel like Keanu's character really was like a live in the moment kind of character because he had no fear because because of what you're saying. He knew he was taken care of. He knew. I think in the back of his mind, he knew he was safe and. Sure, sure. I, just wanted to, I didn't want to make it seem like he was playing them or something like that. No, like I, I don't really he, like. These I think guys. he valued the relationships that he had with these people. I very do. much. I don't so. think he was just like I'm. Was he using? What is he last, using them for? His final, his final speech to Bob is pretty like. It's, it's pretty telling. They're the that. family he doesn't have. He's like, I loved you very much for a, for a time. Yeah, he like, and there's like honesty behind it. So, I mean, I don't know. He I, was a little harsh about it. He went a little hard on him, <laughs> I will say. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's he didn't not have his, an option. That's he, not didn't his, an, he didn't have an option. He that's not to. his dialogue. That's, yeah, killed that's Shakespeare's he dialogue. Killed, he yeah. he yeah. ripped that right from the play. Gotcha. That's how it ends. He killed him with that speech. I mean, he literally killed him with that speech. He literally did. <laughs> yeah. He died. And, and I, want, I want to get back on this, another reason why. And maybe this this is another thing. What so, are you going back on? The, the whole Shakespeare thing real quick. Because I want to talk about, like, for somebody that does like Shakespeare. Like, I like Shakespeare. Yeah. Right? So, like, the whole reason people go to see Shakespeare plays, I mean, you, like, you, you go to see, like, theater has a different concept behind it than, let's say, movies. People get pissed off about remakes all the time when it comes to movies. But when it comes to theater, you're really essentially watching the same play over and over and over again. And especially with Shakespeare, there's a whole thing about, well, let's see this guy playing it. Or let's see uh, Hamlet where Hamlet's a girl and Ophelia's a guy or like there are all these things that people do to Shakespeare to f- oh, try to freshen the, the play trust up. me I know my high school drama teacher did it all the time <laughs> well that, it's almost it's almost it's, it's almost a routine thing to do nowadays so, like how do you keep Shakespeare fresh right yeah. you try to put him in the farmlands well it could be that but a lot of it's also oh, it, did, to, like, it was that can I take <laughs> can I take a can I take this play and I can I can I reinvent it to speak to like current day social issues, right? Yeah. Like I mean, so Bob plays like I th- what I believe is Falstaff's character. In, obviously, in the play, they're not in love. Mm-hmm. They, he doesn't. Henry does not have sex with an older man, and he's not a prostitute. He's yeah, just hanging out with commoners, you know. So I mean, in this one, it, it was interesting from to know the play and then to be like, oh, that's an interesting thing. Now let's use commoners and royalty and change it into rich people and not only that but like a a, a, a bunch of male prostitutes yeah <laughs> you know and how that works out and throw romance in there while you're at it i thought that was really interesting i mean so i guess saying that there's another group of people that would take interest in this type of movie oh i don't and dis- it's people yeah. who are fans of of seeing that oh i, I don't just dis- i wouldn't disagree with that like um at all, like it, but I mean, for me, there's like I don't know, like like I will enjoy like Romeo and Juliet, like with uh, DiCaprio more than I would enjoy this movie, and that's mm-hmm. that's you know more me, not oh, like you know, not a fan of that movie. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that. Movie yeah, either. but uh, we'll talk more about my own baby. Yeah, I hated. That. I made me want to puke. I hated that one. <laughs> Getting away from everything feels good. Yeah, it does. When I left home, the maid asked me where I was off to. I said, wherever, whatever. Have a nice day. You had a maid? Yeah. If I had a normal family and a good upbringing, then I would have been a well-adjusted person. Depends on what you call normal. And we're back. We're talking about my own private Chris, what year did this movie come out? You didn't think I was going to ask it, did you? Um, was it 91 or something? It was 1991. That's correct. It's important to know. <laughs> uh, let's get into some of the technical aspects of this. Sweet. Uh, um, I would like to first, uh, for me, because the thing that I think I can get most excited about for, in this film is the acting. Uh, which I thought was pretty much phenomenal from everybody in this movie. 
Like Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves, I didn't really like at first that first scene with him on the couch and like there was something that I felt was off and even like the, He's the got a little too much Johnny Utah in like, his performance. <laughs> the it, like the, Johnny who Johnny Utah, was Johnny Utah, his character from from fucking Point Break. Oh, yeah. is it okay? I like, that was like Johnny Manana. The whole yeah. speech. <laughs> been a lot of Johns. Yeah, he's been it's John, John Wick. Wick. John, yeah, yeah. John's a good name for him. Um, <laughs> well, even when he puts the coat on him and he's got him in the other people's front yard and he's telling him to sleep, you know, sleep there, even though he's not like listening because he's asleep. All right. Um, well, I guess you can listen while you're asleep. That's true. But uh, I don't uh, like um, that. That was rough. That was rough for me. And then, but as the movie progresses. And we get like, especially um, the parts where it's like when they're in that like uh, most I don't know what the fuck you would call Bob's lair. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like a halfway house. Yeah, Where- I would warehouse? probably say a halfway yeah. house. Yeah. It's it's almost like the Ninja Turtles fucking secret lair. Yeah. <laughs> oh oh yeah, in that big ass like mansion. mansion. Yeah. It, def- yeah, it definitely looks like a. We're all the sh- we're all it's like a giant we're all, house, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, we're all over Twist and all of his friends live. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> yep. You could probably uh, all the all the rejects and runaways. Yeah. When that kicks in <laughs> to the very end, Keanu Reeves is on fucking point. After that, I feel like I, I really just, like him in this film. No, no, he's phenomenal. He's you don't. I really do. No, yeah, he's phenomenal. Yeah. From then, like that, that first, like I said, the first opening scenes wasn't feeling. From then on, I was like. He at least I, I was like I think he has an understanding of who his character is and what his character is going through. Yeah, like, I, I definitely agree. got that sense from watching him. And I like if, as far as River Phoenix goes, like to me, man, like bravo to him because man, he just like I I just truly believe like this, I'm like this dude is I'm supposed to feel like this guy is lost, and he is definitely playing lost. Like I don't I don't ever know what what that character's thinking at any one time. Mm. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I feel like. He portray like his facial expressions portray that well. His look portray like the co- you know what I mean. He always looks like weird and shambled with that fucking orange coat, <laughs> dirty fucking nasty orange coat that I wanted to burn halfway <laughs> through the fucking movie. But like I don't know for that like it was it's you know what I mean like I thought he just always played this like great like lost character. I may have not gotten the character from the script. But I definitely picked it up from his mannerisms and acting and stuff like that. Okay. So right. I think bravo to both of them. <laughs> yeah. And even the supporting goes. characters were really good too. Like his um, brother. Is his brother that is really his father? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We find out is really his father. Like that was a great scene and great performances. That whole scene, I just felt tense. Like, yeah. I, you know, and like it could, it was so volatile, it could go any which way. And, and with Keanu Reeves just kind of, hanging out, like, just kind of experiencing this weird moment <laughs> of this, you know, family reunion. How yeah. about uh, Jim Caviezel? He's in the film. Anybody see him in there? Where's he at? He is, like, the You're like when so they get excited. to the hotel for the first time. Because I was just like, there he is, the Count of Monte Cristo. Um, <laughs> he, he, he's, like, the guy, he's, like, the hotel concierge guy that mm-hmm. comes, like, can I get your room key, sir, or something like that. Okay. That's, like, all he does. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it was definitely one of those, like, hey, look, it's Nicolas Cage. How about... Um, I, if you want to talk about... Sorry. I was saying, if you want to... Uh, the one thing I, uh, I want to talk about technical-wise that I I found absolutely fantastic was uh, there was... Is, honestly, the sex scenes. I thought those yeah. were just... Oh, yeah. I was going to bring so that up. fucking, like... I thought they were beautifully shot with this, like... Freeze frame, but filmed like live action. It's not like we're, we're seeing photo. We're seeing like acted out photographs and these just images. So and I thought it was a great way to kind of get around the idea and the concept that you're dealing with characters who were having sex with multiple, like you know, like either with men and women, whatever. It's a way to like make them seem less uh, uh, lewd. I guess is that right? I guess so. it, it really reminded me of the sex scene in uh, Fight Club. You know, yeah. where it's like, but it's so stylized. And this mm-hmm. one, you can tell they're they're not, it's not frozen. And some of it was funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're just, 
they're the actors are just standing perfectly still. Yeah, it's yeah. not like they did it in a camera. And yeah, rotated that's what I meant. Like it's like it, the film. The film yeah. is it's just we're filming, but the can the actors are all posed yeah. and yeah. standing perfectly still for each of the different positions. And it's lit very like dramatically. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. I I yeah. thought those scenes were really awesome. I'm I'm, all, I'm always a fan of of being creative with things that we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like sex scene. We've seen them a hundred times, thousand times. You know, but like to do it in a way where it's artistic, a little bit more artistic, a little bit like you still get the point across, but you show us something we haven't seen before. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm into that. I I think I think on a technical scale, like this film, it like again, it tries a lot of different things, and you know, I I I can praise it for its like cre- creative, uh, the creative mood that it captures by trying all of these different things, story included. You know, like the non-linear, like editing. Um, you know, the I, I honestly feel like this movie feels pretty gritty, especially when they like are in Portland and they're in that diner and they're talking. When it feels like these are actually real yeah, people that they're like talking real to, like real interviews they did with these people who live these lives. And you know, you get a real like kind of down and dreary feeling. I I think all of this was you know, like pretty pretty well put together to to you know the technical aspect. I didn't have an issue with anything I could think of. Yeah. Yeah, I really uh, did not either. I thought it was shot great. I thought there was a lot of intelligence behind it. Um, the way the camera moves is is a, is a beautifully filmed. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that um, at all. Like, if, as far as technical, I think it's pretty solid film. I don't remember the Makeup soundtrack. Ever. Was there a soundtrack? There was. I th- yeah, yeah, it's kind of westerny. Yeah. I think. Um, I guess I could... A lot of Hawaiian music. Yes. Was like, it? Nah, nah, yeah. Was it? Yeah, yeah, like a lot of weird, like, Hawaiian... I, like I didn't a, remember yeah. at all. I Not kinda, memorable, like, man. I, I kind of agree with you there. And I th- The only other thing that, for me personally, is I felt like a little bit of pacing, which is, like, is, it gets slow. Feels long. It feels, feels long, long, but I feel like that's kind of the victim of, like, because it's not exactly a linear story it's not like you know like there's not beginning middle end type thing in the traditional sense so it's gonna feel like fractured and kind of weird i guess to you know audiences who are used to something that's a little more da 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 you know yeah i uh, yeah i don't know it does feel a little long to me this this is me this is me do you think this movie was like made for like yeah like Cannes Film Festival, like like there was like like, <laughs> like he, he specifically like, went out like, like I'm getting in this year, bitch. Or, yeah, kind or kind of like there was like there was a time when you know it was like this is what you aimed for as a filmmaker. This was like a prestigious thing. I wouldn't and, like, say so because this guy wrote this film a long time ago. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Or wait, are you asking like is it? I don't know. It feels don't like put one words of those films that's like IFC is going to play it. You know, Sundance Channel is going to play. It. Like you know, oh, I like, agree with that. It played at all these big festivals. Like it was you this think festival. He did that as a as like I don't know. Purpose? It just kind of it just. I feel like a lot of films were coming out in this time that sort of had this. You know, like these these filmmakers were coming up in in these festivals. I guess is what I'm saying. Okay, can I ask? I don't know. Are you saying? Can I just want to get clarification? Are you saying that? He did artsy on purpose. Yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out what you were implying. Because oh. I, like, I will say this: mm. I, the, the script, the, this film, no. this film was written in, in yes, the 70s. Yes, I mean, he was so. definitely doing artsy on purpose. I think most well, people do artsy on purpose. So. The only like, way to do artsy is if yeah, you're, no, no, you're no, purposely yeah, trying to. I guess there's a better way for me to word that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whoops, um, accidental Monet. <laughs> like <laughs> throwing shit in the fucking canvas. Holy shit, look at that. It's Starry Night. No, like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like somebody who's like to, it was trying to it was supposed to be a cat. I know I'm gonna <laughs> think it was, I don't think he was fishing for the for the award or yes, whatever. I, I guess that would be the like I don't think that, it. but I think there was a time when that was like a status thing, like to get into these festivals, to be a part of these big festivals. Oh yeah. It, it kind of solidified your name as like an indie director up and coming that could get a shot at something bigger. Like Oh, I agree. I don't know if this is like if he specifically did that and set out to do that. Because here's the thing, I'll read this and this is coming off of Wikipedia, mm. so we know very how reliable. accurate, very reliable. Factoids accurate. with Kyle. Factoids, and now it's that that that's the only thing accurate about this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Van Sant Van Sant originally wrote the screenplay in the seventies, but discarded it after reading John Ritchie's sixty-three novel City of Night, and concluded that Ritchie's treatment of the subject of street hustlers was better than his own. Over the years, he rewrote the script, which comprised of the two stories that we know of, um, and. That's pretty much all we got about that. And there you have it, Factoids with 
Kyle. Uh, at, a, at, a, at a one point, he considered making the film on a minuscule budget, and the, and the cast of actual street kids. Uh, he also like hung out with like a specific person who uh, inspired him to create like two people that actually inspired these two characters that are, you know, lived lived these similar kinds of lives. I think. I think he was inspired by actual people that he was around for a time. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, <laughs> I, I, to me, it just sounds like a director who, you know, he, he he had a script and he was looking for the right time that he felt ready to release it, and he probably felt compelled to do it in 1991. No, well, I'm with Chris on this yeah, one. He story. did it on purpose. No, no, I mean... <laughs> well, how do you not do it on purpose? Yeah, I mean... You, no, you no. have to at some point in time say, I mean, I'm going to release it, the film. He, he did it to be cool with all his, all his film buddies, like, look how artsy I am, like, I'm go- well, I got, I got three names. He made, like, name. he made a name with Drugstore Cowboy, I think. Kidding. And yeah. and then from that he had a, a, a little bit more of an opportunity to make a probably a more ambitious film. I don't yeah, know. I feel like a lot of directors have done yeah. this very same thing. Like, oh, I wrote yeah. this script way back in the day, and timing wasn't right. Didn't have the money. I didn't or have resources. the money. I didn't have the resources. I didn't have the right actors. Yeah. I didn't have this. Now all of a sudden, all these things come together, and you look at the script, and you say to yourself, you know what? Maybe now is the right time to release it. Well, right. no, yeah, I, but can you imagine he shelved it because he said it wasn't good enough. Right. Yeah, right. But I mean, there's a lot of people that I, I feel like have shelved stuff f- that they didn't it, like. Well, here he says, while editing Mala Noche, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I uh, Van Sant met a street kid named Michael Parker, became the source of inspiration for the character of Mikey, which later became My Own Private Idaho. Parker also had a friend named Scott, a street kid like himself. So he shelved it, I guess. Yeah, I would say it's better, it's better to say, because that was in 88, he shelved it until he met somebody that brought that script back. And he's like, you know what? I need to actually redo this. Yeah. Now I, I have to actually put time in. Right? I have inspiration yeah. to actually return to this story that I, I thought about before and I'll develop yeah. it out and then see if I can get it made. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, and it just happened to be a good time. I feel like these kind of movies were, you know, like these dark dramas about like, you know, like I said, like street kids and like living, you know, going through these kind of rough lives and stuff like that. Drugs, like everybody looks like they're on heroin in this movie, but, but no, no, nobody no, is. Nobody's like, doing it. Yeah. But it, it has this look like, like I said, the Basketball Diaries had a similar thing going on. I was t- like just about to say that. Yeah, film too. exactly. It totally so, reminds you of that film. Yeah. So kids. it's like, yeah, kids kind of had that grimy sort of feel yeah. like, you know, and it's like, so I'm just kind of curious if it was just like, you know, yeah, yeah, maybe this was the right time to make it, but also like it was trendy as well like, to when did, do stuff when did like Fear this. and Loathing come out? Because I feel like maybe it's just the desert scenes and in the car and shit that kind of remind. Yeah. There were times when I was kind of like, this reminds me of the. Mm. So, I don't know. I don't know. It came out later, I think. Uh, yeah, I would say. I would say like ninety one though. It's still, I think, at the beginning front of that dark 90s films so I wouldn't quite say or that he specifically early. like yeah. Yeah, was well, shooting to, maybe to accomplish maybe he pioneered that. it yeah, for all wait. I know maybe he pioneered it yeah. cause degree. when did The Crow come out what year did The Crow like come out like 93 yeah, so that's probably like the most darkest of the dark <laughs> When did Craft come out? When did the Craft come out? That's when they got like real heavy in the they dark they went beyond heroin and just started doing like fucking yeah. that's, that's when crystal black, meth that's when black tar <laughs> I didn't want to say like, this is this is this is like three or four years before like the big indie boom, right? Like, is it? Yeah, because so, yeah. Pulp Fiction is really what like fucking turned like Miramax into everything, and like <laughs> it was everything a big was like success story. Yeah, yeah, and then like because so this is a few years before that, because that, right. right. that was like what a little of, it's a little ahead of its time, and I think ninety four is when Pulp I think Fiction the production of this film and the story came from I think. In an honest and pure place, I don't think it ever came from a, a, a position of like, well, these are kind of hot, shit's hitting. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm willing to accept that it could have been a pioneer of its time. Like I'm, I you know, to kind of spark this whole like indie films are cool kind of a thing. Yeah, there's probably something before it. <laughs> I'm, I'm certain we, get, uh, we, we give it praise and immediately dash it. I, I feel like it. I feel like it uh, was recognized for some unique things, like at the time. Oh yeah. Oh, I wouldn't disagree with that, but nah, I feel like it was before because, like, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, what would what would you say? Maybe, yeah, like, Cody. Cody, what would you say? <laughs> what would be the uh, uh, example? Which one? I'm not well versed in the indie films, but there's probably one, one. <laughs> about what? Just like yeah, which one? Like what are we asking? <laughs> no, we're asking Cody to to, <laughs> to, to explain himself. Point. Yeah, to explain himself. Like the, I'm saying that there's you, probably there was probably a big like a big indie film before this. Like there, yeah, there was. What, what, sure. One could say there probably was. <laughs> I don't is, know. This, guys, this is no my big fat. I'm not Greek trying wedding. to nail it down here. I'm just saying this. <laughs> I don't want to put a name this on it. This is a this was a part of a of of a, a film fest movement maybe. Oh man. 
There's one before it. Yeah, yeah there probably yeah, look. There was probably a movie that came out before this one. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. It's don't safe know. to guess. All right. I, uh, I, I was. Hey, man. I don't. Hey, listen. I don't control the internet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. There's probably a movie before this. Yeah. <laughs> there's probably some sort of cinema prior to 1991. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, look. The show know. hasn't listen, taught us anything. I don't work in. A, I don't work in a museum. Okay. Yeah. What am, says, I, what am I, a curator? Yeah. It says E.T. came out in 1983, but you know what? I was too young to remember yeah. that, so yeah. who the fuck? I don't know if that I've, really I, happened. I've never seen that year before. How do <laughs> I know that's a real year? Yeah. Here's a question. Has anybody here been to China? Nope. I don't know if that's a country. Who's really actually <laughs> yeah. seen it? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's easy, it's easy as pie. It. What do you say we rate this Mamer Jammer, yeah? Yeah. All right, Chris, what do we rate? <laughs> Mount Pepinahu. Right, Swiss up in here. <laughs> I'm reading. We're doing potatoes. Potatoes. Yeah, no, because there was like they were eating a lot of potatoes in this movie. Yeah, they weren't. It's because it's Idaho. I was gonna say oh. like, wow, is that, did you guys watch a director's cut or something? Yeah, there's a lot extra scenes <laughs> yeah. with with a hundred percent more potato eating. <laughs> it was really interesting. <laughs> was an interesting take. The director was really into potatoes. Very artsy, Mike. Yeah, why don't you start us off, Mike? Okay. <laughs> How many Idaho potatoes? Get this, get this ball rolling. I am going to give this four Idaho potatoes. Um, I thought this film was great. Uh, it's, it's well acted. It's well shot. Um, uh, I like most of the script pretty much. The only thing that I'm actually going to dock it a, uh, a potato for, not a star, <laughs> I almost said a star, going to dock a potato on it for is... is that sounds like something else. What? Uh, Docking a potato? Docking a potato. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The old potato docks. Sounds, sounds, sounds like someone's going to have a mess to clean up. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> I'm docking his potato. Docking I'm going to dock my potato. I'm going to dock a potato real quick. I'll be, I'll be out in about one 25 thing, The only minutes. thing I didn't like about this film is that a lot of dudes be docking some potatoes <laughs> in this film. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Um... No, the one thing I'm gonna um, I'm gonna give it uh, some negativity for is um, as much as I kind of commended uh, Gus Van Sant for trying to put like Shakespearean dialogue next to like prose and like try to seamlessly go between them, I actually think he didn't quite pull it off. It did feel jarring at times. It was just really weird mm-hmm. to have Keanu Reeves go from one scene and he's just like, "For that, oh, do you understand?" <laughs> and then go into like, "Dude, what the fuck, bro?" Like it just seemed really. Weird to seamlessly kind of try to pull that off, and I, it was a little jarring for me. I give him, I give him props for trying it. I gotta get that's a bold move. <laughs> give uh, him props for including the pros, but I couldn't. <laughs> uh, Still got Doctor Potato to I'll call pros for yeah. I just uh, don't think he pulled it off. Can't spell prop without a pro. I'm done. I'm done. Four potatoes. Four, four docked potatoes. Four <laughs> do- docking my potato. Four, four well docked potatoes. Well, well docked. docked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Kyle, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with a three on this one. I enjoyed this film. I, I, uh, you know, I. Okay, hold on. Let me start <laughs> over again. No, no I even said I even said that. And I was like, well, hold on now, Kyle. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> I'm gonna give this movie a three. Um, I think it's I think it's a well put together film. I think it's a it's interesting. I love the fact the thing that Mike hates is the thing that I actually enjoyed. I love the fact how the dialogue bounces between this kind of Shakespearean, um, you know, delivery and pretty much modern, um, because I think it helps to 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 break up the story and and to really showcase the two characters, which are really like the focal point. You have Mike's story, and you have Scott's story, and there's while they're intertwined together, there's still these separate entities. Um, it did take me two days to watch this movie. I will agree with Cody. I think the first 20 to 30 minutes of this film don't play as well as the back half of this film. I think it feels a little broken and fractured. And if you don't know what you're getting into, you're really just kind of staring at the screen like, okay, okay. And I think there's a similar situation issue that I that I, I might have had actually with um, The Holy Mountain the first time I saw it. Because The Holy Mountain, the first half is kind of this ambiguous um, like visual t- telling of like this Christ-like character, and you're kind of not really in on it yet. So that's the only thing that I'm going to knock it down for. Um, but other than that, I thought it was shot gorgeous. I thought a lot of scenes were just beautifully constructed. 
And overall, it was like an interesting story and a, and a, and a viewpoint into a world that I never really thought of or I never thought I would never ex- experience before. So for that, I, you know, I can't knock it down completely, but it's not a four for me. Three. Three for Kyle. First time. It's just so funny when you said, it's not a four for me. I thought that was your review, like the first time you said it. <laughs> well, it's like, not was a it four. a two or a one? I don't know. <laughs> it's just not a four for me. I, after, four for after, me. after Cody goes, I will tell you what it is. But it's not a four for me, <laughs> Cody. <laughs> uh, I I'll tell you what you guys you guys did talk me up a little bit because hey, on the, I told you cool. I fucking called this. On, I half. called this. No, on the technicals on the technical side. But here's the thing: this is not my type of movie. This is just not my bag. It's not what I'm into. And movies are like personal choices and like what you're into and whatnot. Like you know, it's just for me. I I just found this movie boring. Um, I did like. Uh, some of the stuff was cool in it. Like, it was shot well. Like, I really can't argue the technical side of it. But as far as, like, the story goes, like, for me, like, having inv- any investment in the story and or these characters, because for me, like, I have to find things I like about characters or something for me to kind of get into stuff. And this is just me personally. Um, and, and I don't know. Maybe it's because I've seen... I, I didn't... Maybe it's because I didn't see this movie first, right? In, in the fact that I've seen, like, the similar stories of this told now... But from other movies where it's like, you know, it's the gritty. So it wasn't like anything shocking or new for me. You know what I mean? Like, so it was just kind of a, for me, it was like a, a bad telling of other movies I like better. Of like this kind of like. Wait, so what are you rating this? 90, I'm going to give it two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Two that, potatoes. That came up? Two potatoes. Was this going to be a one for you? It was going to be a 1.5. It came up to a, a you two. I that much. I mean, like. I just, uh, <laughs> not, not, not your shit. It's not your shit, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, I would never. Don't smell it. <laughs> Well, whatever that just, means. Like, if you didn't dock the potato, don't touch it. You know I would that, right? ne- for me personally, I would never watch this movie again. And I like if someone was like, "Hey, man, like, would you recommend my own private Idaho?" I'd be like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> not really." Like, yeah, not really. <laughs> like, if you want to watch something that I don't find entertaining, <laughs> sure. <laughs> you want to see what kind of movies I really yeah. don't like? <laughs> yeah, you can watch it. But if you want to see me not be entertained. <laughs> Go ahead, play it. Can I? And I want to know that I. I don't think that has ever been asked. I don't think a dude has ever walked up to another dude on the street and be like, "Hey, dude, I have a question. Uh, we, should I watch my own private idol? <laughs> should I watch that film? You know what I'm talking about? It's got Keanu Reeves, got River. I'm Phoenix. real on the fence about hey, it. You know, I, mean, I was thinking I could watch this or I could watch the new Jurassic World movie. But you know what? I might just pick up be like, my own private idol. I'm gonna say if those are your two options, you should see Jurassic I World. Saw I figured you were the guy to ask. That would 100% be my answer, too. Is like, listen, if you got to ask, seriously, see Jurassic World. <laughs> yeah. If you're, yeah. If you don't know what you're getting into, you won't like it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just, yeah. Like, so, too, for me, because you guys did talk me off on the technical side work because I'm like, hey, I really can't complain anything about it except for the pacing. The pacing and the, uh, and the, um, what was the other thing? I have one more thing. Yeah. Really, really, really plow, you don't even plowing know. those words together there at the end there, man. <laughs> really, ma- really mashing those yeah. sentences Fuck up. Fuck spaces, am I right? <laughs> Chris? Um, I like this movie. I don't love this movie. I, I'm i glad I got to see it. I, you know, I've, been hearing about it for so long it, not like Ooh. not like in this it's like in the streets <laughs> like they're trading info and shit you know like on the again under, on someone the else on the streets like i just saw my pro- own <laughs> private audio <laughs> i don't know if you're sitting here between this no. and jurassic world but you should probably go with my own private but idaho it always kind of you know it always comes up <laughs> you know, Where? it always comes up on like lists of like an indie films to I, see i gotta give yes you know it oh, does i'm sorry i'm agreeing with chris yes it, it, it comes up on lists for of Indie films to see, and so I saw it, and I, I I enjoyed the tale. I've seen it now, you know, and I the one thing I will praise it for is it's it's creativity in telling the story and in in the shots and the editing in you know the some of the dialogue, the way it's acted, you know, the way it does jump back and forth between Shakespearean prose and like just normal everyday fucking street slang, you know. I I like it, and I think it does. It does a great job of of telling the story. Obviously, the acting is great. You've got two good actors in here, and the supporting cast is really good. Um, I'm going to give it a 3.5 potatoes. Um, It's a good indie film. It's not something that I have to see again anytime soon, Um, but uh, I think it was good for 91. Yeah. 
Yeah. I okay. I won't. Probably, probably yeah. won't want to see it again, but. You probably won't see it again, or you will? I don't know. I probably won't. If yeah. it comes up, I'm not going to be like, fuck! Can we just watch Jurassic World again, guys? Yeah. Oh, my God, I would. I know you would. That's why I'm not hanging out Can we out go ahead and throw that <laughs> Chris Pratt on? That charming Chris Pratt? Can you yeah. go ahead and throw him on? I just want to know. My, he's my own private Idaho. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? I just want to know that I like how Chris like put this like like this disclaimer on it. Like It, it was good for 91. Yeah, like, like, not like that fucking Batman Returns bullshit. <laughs> coming out that time. Shit really went downhill in '92. I feel like indie no, film was changing at this time. I feel like we they yeah. were going more drama, and and you know it was oh, like, yeah. and it was it's like you got films like this that were trying to push boundaries a little bit because honestly, you say oh, there's nothing shocking about it. There were some lines of dialogue that it was a little shocking to me. Like especially during the interview moments, you know, in the cafe. When, oh, that was that like, was, I was some like, of that shit. I was getting uncomfortable. Yeah, with it. I was like, like really interesting Ach. way to present sex with another person. It's just so like yeah. nonchalant. Like no, it's not really sex. Prostitution, both, rape. Both stories were like, about rape. Oh, yeah, about rape. I was like, whoa, this is kind of like crazy because I believe that this was a story that happened to this yeah. person. So they did kind of have moments where they try to push you a little bit. Well, no, and those, like, I know those kind of things are, like, ripped from real life, because, I mean, I've seen documentaries and stuff like that about prostitution sure. where you could tell that stuff. That's what I'm saying, like, like SVU. maybe that's why it wasn't, so, yeah. <laughs> get get <laughs> a real good. When he, said, when, he said, when he said rip from the real story, like, all I could think of was, like, rip from the headlines from dun, every, dun. every dick wolf fucking <laughs> You know, rip from the headlines, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's I real people. That's basically just why, why I just want to put the, uh, the, uh, the law and order, like, to... to <laughs> Alright, that's our show for this week Make sure you follow us on social media At cultfilm underscore review On Instagram and Twitter You can also follow us on Facebook You can follow Kyle at You can follow me on Instagram At cultfilm underscore Kyle You can follow Chris at You can follow me at cultfilm underscore Chris On Instagram You can follow my guy Follow me at At Mike Solucio Where? <laughs> Where? Twice. Where? At Mike Solucio on Twitter. FriendlyNeighborhoodFilmmaking.com. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Remember that? Oh, got a friend bring friend that friend. back. <laughs> Friendly oh, neighborhood, fil- neighborhood Filmmaking. You can yeah. read a three-year-old blog post by yours truly. <laughs> Friendly Neighborhood Film Faking. <laughs> yeah. Film Faking. Filmfaker.com. <laughs> Pretend like you know film. Yeah. <laughs> So stupid. <laughs> Watch condes- read condescending blog posts about what filmmakers should be doing. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, uh, <laughs> neighborhoodfilmmaking.com. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's yeah. wrong with Gus Van Sant? Yeah. Read Mike Salustio. <laughs> Look up Mike Salustio on friendlyneighborhoodfilmmaking.com. <laughs> oh, God. You have to take that down now. Everybody's going to go there. No. Oh, the site's going to get flooded. Let's well, watch the he's numbers gonna, he's go gonna, up. He's going to crash the server. The server's going to crash. <laughs> you know, you know, go, Daddy's going to call him. The hysterical thing about it. <laughs> I don't know is what you're doing, have, but. Hey, we have all of our old fucking episodes up now where I say that a million times. Has my. Has my blog hit the stratosphere anytime soon? No. Yeah. No, but now we're actually talking about it, so yeah. now it's become a real thing. <laughs> All right. I mean, go to it. Read it. <laughs> you can follow me at VHS Collect on Instagram. All right, guys. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you're going to join a cult, make sure they watch good movies. We'll see you next time.